The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me introduce you to another sponsor to the podcast. You break wheel repair and remanufacturing company. Tired of your wheels? Give your car a new and refreshed look by powder coating them a new color. Even make it heat, hurricanes, or dolphins colors. Wheels faded and scratched? Renew them with our in-house wheel refinishing. They'll also repair cracked and bent rims while also offering in-home service. They also offer powder coating and full metal finishing of many other metal items such as outdoor furniture. You Break Wheel Fix has 15 years experience based right here in North Miami. You can check out a gallery of their work on Instagram at you, that's the letter U, Break Wheel Fix. That is you, Break Wheel, W-H-E-E-L, Fix. For information, call 305-748-0112 or you can also visit them on the web at youbreakwheelfix.com. That number again is 305-748-0112. Let me introduce you to safecubbies.com. Safecubbies.com offers modular office solutions designed to elevate your office space into a safe, workable, and functional environment. Their cubicles, dividers, and modular workplace systems can be customized with graphic branding, sneeze guards, whiteboards, acrylic sheets, and magnetic panels. Most importantly, most of the surfaces are made of non-porous materials, which make for easy cleaning. Adding to their professional series, there are private room solutions as well as their classroom series. SafeCubbies.com is a local company with over 15 years experience working with the nation's leading modular display manufacturers. Give them a call at 754-216-1071 or visit them online at SafeCubbies.com. Once again, that number is 754-216-1071 for SafeCubbies.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. And of course, we are sponsored by Biscayne Bay Brewing Company, whether it's their Miami Pale Ale, their Saison, that's my favorite. Their Tropical Bay IPA, I finally had it. It's good. Their Marlins Lager, which is pretty good. You could get it at Publix, Total Wine, ABC Liquors, or just have it delivered to you via Instacart. Of course, you could always go to BiscayneBayBrewing.com for more information. All right, guys. Eventful week in, in Dolphins Camp. Namely, everybody freaked out over... Um, I could, I guess I could reveal this now, a third team defensive end and Curtis Weaver that got cut. Is that a big deal or is it nothing at all, Simon, that it went down the way it did? Uh, I think it's kind of been equated in terms of level of fuss with the assassination of President Kennedy, um, when in reality it was, uh, you know, a fifth round pick, albeit one with uh, great college production that probably – ultimately didn't fit uh and it's clear in talking to people who've been watching quite apart from yourself Alf that um he was unable to get any separation uh he was struggling it was clear in some of the wording that was used especially from coach Flores that he hadn't performed particularly well in anything um so yeah I mean look he was one of those sorts of guys that you could probably take a bit of a risk on earlier than perhaps you might have done because of that college production and the fact that you had 7,000 draft picks um and it was just one of those ones that didn't work out 
Yeah, but we'll 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 always have his domination of Julian Davenport in that one practice. So. You know, my mum dominated Julian Davenport in one practice. <laughs> and mm, she, I saw her. She's coming up to her seventy sixth birthday, and boy, she's quick off the snap. Um, she is. So yeah, I mean, Chris knows. Chris, yeah. Chris has seen her. But Chris, is this, some, is this something or nothing? Because it seems that the Browns picked him up, and I guess they're going to stash him for a year. And I guess we'll see him in action next year or not. But is this something well, I, or nothing? Because everybody's making it out to be like complete mismanagement of a draft pick. I think I think it's clear that the nation will never be the same again. But <laughs> um, you know, I, honestly, it's it's nothing. I see a lot of people acknowledging that it's nothing, and then I see other people just like, "Why'd you use a fifth round pick to just like dump them so quickly?" Um, which I think it's fair to. I think it's fair to – it's one thing if it's like a seventh-round pick, I guess. Even when it's a seventh-round or a sixth-round pick, sometimes you're like, man, you didn't even give them all a camp. Um, and uh, in his case, I guess the controversy is that they did not have to wave injure him. Like, hmm. they could have just put him on IR, you know, um, after all. Initially, I think there was some confusion in that regard. Um so they could have taken advantage of the rules and just put him on IR and, you know, circle back next year. And instead they just decided to wave injure him. And um, to me, that's saying goodbye. That's like, you know, we don't want you anymore. And, uh, and so, you know, use a fifth round pick on a guy that you cut a couple of weeks later. I think it's okay to question it. You know, why'd you do that in the first place? Um, I never got the feeling that Brian Flores was all that on board with him, mm. to be honest. And, um, and I can see why, I mean, you know, we've, we've been looking at him for a long time and, uh, and it's clear that he doesn't play with a hot motor, uh, at all. And, um, and that his, uh, his use, you know, his use cases, uh, for the field in this defense is, is fairly limited. And, um, you know, and, and also he had kind of a reputation for not being in great shape. You know, that's just like ticking off the boxes of things that are probably going to piss off Brian Flores. Now, on the other hand, the thing that Brian Flores would like about him is he plays well with his eyes. He plays well with leverage and he plays well with his hands. Um, He has a real knack for it. Uh, But um, but yeah, even so, I don't think Brian Flores was ever really on it. And so you you kind of have to question well, if the if the coach is not not really on board with the guy that much, um, you know, just because he happens to be one guy in the room's kind of you know pet project or favorite or you know some bangs the table for it, you know, sometimes that can work out, and sometimes it's like, well, the coach never liked him, and you're surprised that he got cut after a couple of weeks, and so I guess that's that's what's happened. Yeah, I watched him plenty, and at least in practice. And he wasn't, you know, he's not a guy that will pop. He's just not a guy that will pop. Now, somebody else that has popped is Tyson Render. And I don't think he's going to make the team. But you could see that he's, you know, good, big, strong, fast athlete. Maybe not very good in space, uh, especially on special teams. And I think that's his way to make the team. But at least they were giving him a shot. Curtis Weaver was stuck basically doing one thing. And one thing only, rushing wide nine. And, yeah, sure, he had his moments against Julian Davenport. He's gone. I would say this falls under who cares. Now, I might care, but I know you two won't. Kellen Balazs is no more. It's been bro- it's breaking news tonight everywhere. I mean, where, where is it breaking, let's be honest? Uh, Ian Rappaport. I mean, am I correct? <laughs> yeah. Who's it breaking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think there's any broken hearts here. Well, Kellen Balaj is gone. He has yeah. been informed he will be released. This guy forgot how to play football. He forgot how to catch the ball. Very what a fall from grace. Yeah, it's really That's bad. Simon, I mean, Kellen Balaj is a fit for a team if you're looking for someone to give the ball to on third and one, and you want to lose two yards. Mm. <laughs> pretty much what's what's hilarious about this is that you know i was thinking earlier this week you know what patrick laird is like you know he's favoring a shoulder you know uh, i guess i could report that 
because it's been reported el- elsewhere. And they were looking a little bit thin toward the back of that running back room. And Miles Gaskin was moving up that depth chart to number three. Let's face it, folks. We all know. Everybody knew as soon as they picked up those two guys, Howard and Breda, that that's what the, those were the one-two punch. Okay? So I'm not revealing anything else here. But I thought, man, maybe Kellen Balazs has a shot now at the roster. No, he's gone. He just forgot how to play football. Chris, can you make anything of this? Is it just one of these guys? It's just one of those things, I guess. Uh, you know, when when some when somebody does that poorly and that differently than what they were doing in practice, and I saw firsthand how he was doing in practice. It was, it was certainly it was the opposite sort of bad. Um, so you kind of have to. I I always wonder about that, like you know, nerves jitter, something happened, you know, something something else was happening. And so it, it never really surprises me if if a guy like that kind of pops back up doing better somewhere else. So maybe, who knows? But um, it was certainly – I mean, he blew his shot here. You don't usually get that many shots when you're kind of a later round pick. And, um, and you know. He just didn't – he didn't seize it. So um, – and I – actually, the thing that I wonder about it is a little bit is, is it signifying anything with respect to, um, you know, the running backs coach, uh, Eric Studsville, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, how Kalen Bellage was one of his favorites. And, um, you know, did, did, did Studsville finally go, you know, yeah, it's just, it's just not happening. Because not too long ago – even just a couple of weeks ago, Studsville was talking about him in the papers and they were talking about, you know, how he's, he's in the mix and, uh, you know, they they really think they he's working hard and he's, he's ready to do a lot better. And, you know, he's got all this talent and stuff like that. And, uh, and then. That and sounds then, like being motivated through the media, doesn't it? That sounds like, dude, you've got one last chance and uh, yeah. we're going to tell the papers and, you know, if you're not if you're not going to be motivated by that, then there's um, there's nothing we can do for you. Yeah, that could have been it. That could have been it. But I, I wonder if you know Studsville finally signed off and was like, you know, hey, nah, it's not there. Or on the other hand, is this like, well, we don't care what Studsville thinks. <laughs> mm. <laughs> this guy's be. this guy's this guy's not doing it. Um, remember, remember, Studsville is. Studsville is a of two hour and forty five minute meeting with J.K. Dobbins fame, remember? Mm-hmm. And bringing in take all, out all kinds of prospects here, and of course they drafted none of them. Yep. So you take out um, you take out that seventy five yarder against Minnesota, uh-huh. and his tail of the tape in Miami is one hundred and nine carries at two point three yards per attempt (laughs) of last season he had 1.8 yards and a a lot of drops right and and one duck (laughs) the thing is how are you (laughs) how are you feeling mate because it must be how are you taking this one this one's got to be the hardest for you must be like a death in the family mustn't it (laughs) yeah okay i gotta i gotta admit that it it was it's it's something else really because i've never really seen this in football before i've seen guys get injured and then their bodies just you know deteriorate and they're out of the league and okay it's not their fault it's just their body wasn't made for this level or they're just unlucky they got one bad injury and then that injury just turned into two and three and four and then they're out of the league okay i've seen that happen a million times in baseball it's common for people to actually forget how to pitch. There was a guy called Rick Ankiel. He won rookie of the year, okay, as a left-handed pitcher. He forgot how to throw strikes the following year. Now you would ask, how does that happen? Well, it's a psychological thing. Well, this guy, I always thought Kellen Balazs would always have that one redeeming factor, which is he caught the ball cleanly. He caught the ball like a wide receiver with his hands, looked it in, cleanly made nice transitions, got into stride. He actually forgot how to do that, and I could reveal this now, too. There was a lot of drops from him in camp. Last year, he ducked from a ball thrown his way and got intercepted by, I believe, Cal Banoy, right? Was that, am I correct? Or was it by Jimmy Collins? Who cares? It was a, intercepted mm. by somebody because your running back ducked when the ball came his way. It got intercepted, got sent the other way for a touchdown. 
And he was generally an embarrassment last year. He was as unplayable a football player as you can get. And he has the yips. He just, he forgot how to play football. Maybe he's just shit. Maybe. (laughs) But I don't know how you can be that good in college and then just turn into shit from one day to the next. In 2016 against Texas Tech, he had 13 carries for 137 yards and seven touchdowns. (laughs) Oh, oh, but he wasn't finished because he also had two catches for 48 yards and an eighth touchdown. (laughs) This guy is Al Bundy. (laughs) He will always. He's not even Ted Bundy, mate. He will always have that. He'll always have Texas Tech. He'll always have Texas Tech. Well, let's move on because I don't know. I I think that that career is going to be short-lived. Somebody will take a chance on him because they're going to see the size and the speed. And we shall see down the road. What about the rest of the position? I mean, that's because Bear's talking about now. But the Salvin Ahmed signing is interesting because he's a kid that they really liked around draft time. And, oh, full of sin, Simon, because I am absolutely clueless on him. And I don't think that, Chris, I don't want to speak for you, but you seem like you didn't know too much about him either. I, did you get that from when I said who? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Washington, I mean, he played with, he played with Miles Gaskin. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they shared Washington. carries together. Yeah, ran a really slow time at the combine, if I remember rightly, in the four sixes, maybe four. And I think, I think he thought he was going to run in the four threes and ended up running like a four six five or a four six three or something like that. Um, but he's, I don't know, five eleven, two hundred pounds. Um, he's much, plays much quicker on tape um, than than his time to time. I think he had some issues at Fort Leonard's camp with fumbling. Um, I think he fumbled a few times in camp. Um, and look, the, the question becomes, how many backs are they going to carry? Like the answer is probably four. Um, it feels like Howard and Breeder are a really interesting one-two punch, as we've discussed for a long time. And that, you know, Gaskin and probably Laird, if he's, if he's healthy, are going are gonna to be the two guys who, who, who back them up. Both can play special teams. Um, uh, and maybe Ahmed is a, is a practice squad um, candidate. Um, but I think it's a, you know, look, Gareth, you've been there, but every time you're sending us text messages about every play and what's happening and what's going on, and it's, you know, Jordan Howard's broken another one and Matt Breeder scores a touchdown and, you know, both are, both are really decent players. And I, I, I'm actually really interested to see how they, um, see how they mesh and see how it works on offense. Cause uh, I, I like both of them, but Ahmed, you know, I liked watching him for Washington quick feet. Um, you know, he's quite sudden. Um, but those fumbling problems are, are, are an issue. Um, and, uh, you know, you don't last very long in the NFL if you keep coughing the ball up. Yeah, and uh, like I said, I don't think I'm revealing anything, you know. I'm not breaking any news here. Uh, everybody, 99.9% of this fan base thought that Josh Howard would be an early down back and Matt Brady would be a later down back and it would be a one-two punch. And, yeah, guess what? That's exactly what's going to happen. At least that's what's happened so far, and that's probably what will happen week one when they play the Patriots. Now, on Friday... I gotta say, though, I'm a little concerned about the position. I mean, not that Kalen well, Balazs was thin. some... It's just like our wide receivers. Paper yeah, thin. not not that I was... I don't think the... I never, I've never agreed with that um, on, on the wide receivers. But anyway, okay. but as for the running backs, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I got concerns because this isn't the only, you know, is cutting him a blow or not a blow? Uh, I think what would have been best for the position is if he started playing like he practiced sometimes, or at least mm-hmm. like uh, like he had practiced last year. Um, I don't know what's been going on in his life that you know that would explain any of the fall from grace that you talked about. But um, you know what would have been best was that. But there's two things that's happened because it's become clear that Malcolm Perry is being used more as a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, than a running back. That's a choice. That's a choice. Um, and I say that because this guy was an option quarterback ball carrier. That's what he was. He was a ball carrier. He wasn't a receiver. I don't know how many catches that he has in his college career. It's, it's not that many. Um, and so, uh, so, yeah, he could have been 
he could have been a running back, and he still could be, to be fair. I mean, they're not all the way through camp, and I get it. Um, but, yeah, he, he reminds me of what's – the, what's the kid out in Denver's uh, name that, um, that I liked a lot coming out of the draft, uh, the, the small guy? Um, well, it's not their oh, star, yeah. is it? It's not for uh, KJ Lakers. Hamler. No, no, no. Uh, that's, that's Hamler? Not, uh, no, no, no. The uh, I'm talking about the running back. Um, oh, sorry. The, um, the white kid. No, yeah. Philip Lindsay. Philip yeah. Lindsay. Yeah, the white yeah, kid. I mentioned um, him already. Philip he, Lindsay. Yeah. He's not. He's not white. Um, but uh, but he. Yeah. I mean, I think that he reminds me a little bit of Philip Lindsay. He could. He can. He could be. Still can be. That kind of player. But he's. I mean, basically, all I all I hear about from everybody is in in the slot and catching balls. So that's two blows, and now we're back to this uh, Patrick Laird, Miles Gaskin thing behind Breda and Howard, and um, I guess Salvin Ahmed. I don't know what to expect out of him, but I don't know if that's it. <laughs> you know, I don't know if Patrick Laird and Miles Gaskin. They don't give me the. I, I like Patrick Laird's approach, and I, I like some of what he did in college. Um, I think he's a, a, a workman like dude but um but i don't know that he showed a ton of a ton of wiggle or uh, anything special um i don't know it's just yeah it gives me gives me bad feelings now the depth of that position well let me say something about malcolm perry i made a comparison on our whatsapp chat i think he reminds me uh, uh i guess i can say this the way he's being used he's more of a percy harvin but without the speed that percy harvin had i don't know if you could get like what i'm going at here he's being used in a lot of different ways but mostly as a third down threat i really he's like had him. his moments he's had his moments in this camp oh i love him thought yeah, he was like too. the best pick you know of the late of the later guys you know well, and say, um uh, at, at at field level that 70 yard touchdown from tua was all that in baggage you saw the video it well, the better. video was alive. Yeah. Okay, it was pretty great. Who was who was on defense in that video? Because he did. A Brandon shit. Jones was on him. And that was a not. shit. That wasn't. That's that's not good. Because <laughs> that was a that was a shit rep for coverage. I thought. I mean, he was there, and he just he just couldn't finish it. No. He yeah, I think it, I actually thought it was a great rep for coverage, apart from the last sort of half second of the play, because he was literally <laughs> right there. That's like the entire. That's the yeah. entire outcome. <laughs> no, no, for sure. But you know, he could have been. You know, he could have been five yards behind trailing. Yeah, you know, you know you're um, right. You're right. That's true. I agree. You know, I, I got given you. given that ultimately he's a single high safety. Actually, that was I, I thought it was really decent coverage. He just, you know, it was inexplicable that he didn't that he didn't knock the ball away. But you know, yeah. Which brings us to the guy that threw that ball last Friday. Ryan Fitzpatrick was not in camp because he was taking a day off for personal reasons. And we don't know what that was about, but he was not there. So obviously who took him, took the controls to a tongue of Iowa and Josh Rosen to a lesser extent. And in my opinion, I've been going to camp for 30 years now. Granted for most of those years, I saw Dan Marino throw the ball. So it was hard to see him have a bad day. This was a horrific day. This was as bad a quarterbacking day as you could have. Of course, we had a complete meltdown on Twitter. And what did you make of it? First of all, what did you make of the meltdown on Twitter? And what did you make of the first time that two was actually handed the controls and Josh Rosen to a lesser extent, and it was so bad and our defense was so good, or is it just that they were just so bad? What, what did you make of that Friday, Simon? I mean, I want to look, I wasn't surprised. Um, you know, he'd been getting a lot of reps with both guys, been getting a lot of reps with the twos and the threes. It's it's a different proposition when you're stepping up and facing the number one defense. And I think it obviously brings into questions about the, the receiving core um, that we'll get to, although I know Chris is not, not nearly as down perhaps as, uh, as some of us. Um, but it's been good to see him bounce back. And actually that's been probably the most promising aspect of it is that, you know, he took in stride what happened on Friday um, and has been able to turn it around in the last few days because, you know, 
what we're seeing and you know you're there Al, so you would know but for, for the people that aren't there he looks a completely different player in week two you know there's a yes. swagger increase there's an arm strength increase reading the the defense better you know firing the ball to the sidelines in the middle of the field with that kind of uncanny sort of tour accuracy um you know so to be able to take what happened with those two picks the pick six almost a third interception from Friday's practice and be able to turn that around and not let it affect you as it would some people. Uh, and I, I do think it's part of the Tuscaloosa training as it were in the, you know, and I've spoken to two about this. I don't, you know, Ooh, get me. I've spoken to, him. but, um, you know, I, you know I said to him, yeah. Ooh, look at your handbag. Lovely. You know, um, I've spoken to two. I've spoken to two. So you can suck my balls. Um, <laughs> But I have said, you know, and if you're, you're, you're balls, shorn, nice you're shorn and pampered. A shorn ones, exactly, with yes. with bull deodorant, which we'll get to mm. later. Manscaped fans, oh yes. Um, but like, you know, seriously though, in, you know, what did it? What was it like dealing with that pressure? What was it like whenever you went from class to class? What was it like when you sat in the library? What was it like when you were going to the local? A restaurant to, to get a burger or whatever and the fact that you know you are to it and every single person wants a piece of your photograph a selfie an autograph and actually realistically you're a 17 18 19 20 year old college kid you know what's it like to sit in class uh you know and have people taking photographs of you when you're in history or maths or whatever class you're, you're saying so he knows how to deal with that pressure he knows how you know, he knows what the microscope looks like because he's had it for, for three years at Alabama. Uh, and actually he's had it at St. Uh, John's as well back in um, back in Hawaii. He's had it at high school because the pressure has always been there because everybody said that he was the one. He was the great, you know, the next great thing. Um, so, yeah, I think, it's, um, I think it's highly impressive that he's bounced back and is performing at the level he's performing it's just it's one day at a time it's got to be that's how it's got to be for everybody it's got to be one day at a time but he's clearly um you know it feels like it's beginning to slow down in practice for him which is obviously Mm -hmm. a a big step good yeah what do i think of the fact that that he he had a step first off i think you know give the defense some credit they were making they're making some plays out there right I mean, yep. they were, and, they it were game stuff. and it was game they were, stuff. So. And and the thing is, the, the defense is is going to well, blame Chan Gailey. Uh, actually, no, right? Well, I, I don't know about blaming anybody. I'm just saying that the defense is going to uh, is going to have some days out there. And I, hell, in Miami, we're usually used to all this. It, it, I mean, go. I'm Christ. I'm going back decades now, but um. We're always used to this, like uh, this thing. All oh, the defense is always ahead of the offense, yeah. Um, at this time of the year, and uh, and so we're kind of used to the uh, the offense not getting anything done. Um, but you know, I, I I knew when Fitzpatrick was out there or out of the practice, um, you know, this defense is going to punch back today, and that's what they did. And I didn't it didn't honestly, I wasn't there, Alf. You were there, yeah. Um, it didn't actually sound like it was all that bad um like as far as you know just how purely terrible or uh the quarterback was on the day or anything like that um it just you know they didn't get the job done there was you mentioned there was a lot of drops you mentioned that there was miscommunication i counted like three plays where it was clear um that you were you were talking about miscommunication between yes. uh he and gesicki Yes. Um, in particular. So, Especially um, yes. And he hasn't, he, you know, he's been playing, as Simon said, he's been playing with kind of the twos and, um, and you know, maybe he hasn't been playing with Gasicki as much as, uh, as some other dudes. Um, you know, if Jakeem Grant is out there catching the passes, and I'm sure he's been throwing a lot of passes to Jakeem already and, um, and some other guys, then maybe they're Matt on Collins. the same page. Matt Collins is a two of favorite. So yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the – They've got something, especially in the last couple of days, you, you've heard about those two. And Matt Collins is huge, by the way. Um, yes, he is. But, yeah, so uh, I think that uh, I didn't – I mean, I, took, I always took it with a grain of salt. I knew that people were going were gonna to make a big deal out of it. I didn't, I didn't really give a shit. Um, I think that you have to give this time uh, that, that more things tend to – the whole thing that I've been saying about Tua and starting is that more things are possible – 
on a shorter timeline than most people tend to think. Um, you know, people tend to think of things that are, that are impossible, you know, down, down, looking down the road, like maybe a month or, or two down the road there, you know, that's impossible. That's never going to happen stuff like that. And then it's like two weeks later, it's like, Oh wait, that might happen. You know, that, that always seems to be the case. So, you know, you don't, you don't say never until, until, you know, it's done. And um, in this case, I still wouldn't be shocked if two is the week one starter somehow. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case. I never did think that that was the forecasted, you know, the, the base case. Uh, I think Fitzpatrick's probably going to be the starter on week one. But I will say this, based, you know, especially based on some things that I hear, I'd be surprised if, if um, you know, weeks four, week five go by and, you know, say maybe the offense isn't lighting it on fire and two is still not out there. Um, I, I think that's about the time frame I'd, I'd, I'd pin it as. So. Yeah, I spoke to uh, – I could reveal this. I spoke to an NFL pool scout, and uh, he basically told me that, you know – well, he just remarked it offhand, but he said the Dolphins are wasting their time starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, this guy's just as good, just play him. You know, but that's just him, you know, from what he's seen. Now, I, I was having a discussion with Safi Dean on, on Twitter, and he took issue with something I said. I said that on Monday, Tua's game was more of a double cheeseburger with bacon and, and onion rings and a double split, a double banana split for dessert. You know, it was a bunch of empty calories. It was fun. He had three touchdowns. One of them was a 70-yard touchdown. But I felt that his Tuesday game was a carefully cooked ribeye with a nice Cabernet. It was subtle, but it was professional. They had a series. They had a series where, and remember, this is all game sim stuff on Tuesday with officials and everything, okay? Calling all the flags with the clock and uh, headsets, the works, okay? It was a game simulation where they were spotting the ball at the 50-yard line. They were putting a minute and 30 seconds on the clock, and they were trying to score a touchdown. Ryan Fitzpatrick's drive stalled at the 15-yard line, and Tua took over. And it was a mix of ones and twos, okay? Ones and twos everywhere. And a lot of ones on D, okay? I could say that. And Tua drove them down and got a touchdown with 15 seconds left. But Safadine dinged them because they went for two and two had a ball batted in the air that got intercepted. But did he forget that he threw the touchdown to Breda at the five-yard line? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I think I think their point of view was that they would have lost the game on that play, right? Like they would have lost the game on the two-point conversion, I guess. I guess. Is that the – I don't know. Was that the scenario? You're down by eight. I, the scenario was a touchdown and a two-point conversion because yeah. and Tua had to call the timeout. He called timeout with I believe 28 seconds left when he completed a pass over the middle to the 22. He called mm -hmm. timeout. Then the next pass he threw an out to Mac Collins and they interfered with him and it was spotted at the five. And the very next play he ran a play action because there was 15 seconds left and they had one timeout left. And he rolled out and he hit Breda in the flat and Breda just walked in for the touchdown. They went for two. He threw a quick slant, got batted in the air, got intercepted. Defense yeah. celebrated. So maybe, yeah. So maybe the two-point conversion was important. So ah, Who knows? Um, why would you, in, in these practices, when you do, like, the two-minute drill or whatever, like, why would you end anything on an extra point in practice? <laughs> I think it would always be a two-point conversion, wouldn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> it seems, like, pointless. Yeah, but I thought he was good. You know, I, I thought that that was something fun to watch. And let me say uh, – a lot of credit has to go to Brian Flores. I was skeptical how they could get a team ready to play. But I guess, you know, 14 consecutive pads, padded practices with some hitting and game simulation stuff, I guess that'll help, you know. I would still like to see a scrimmage, and supposedly there might be one on Saturday, full scrimmage. But they haven't released that information yet. But supposedly it might be there. Hopefully they televise it. Doubtful. But hopefully they do. Well, if, if you try and show up, they might have snipers uh, out there. So be careful. And it'll be a hard, hard rock stadium too. So who yeah. knows? Who knows if they allow the media? But Oh, I can tell you they're not going to. 
Yeah, but mm. before we get on to the defense, Simon, uh, you got a package going your way, and your package is, I guess, for your package? I mean, oh, God. Rude. Rude. Um, rude. Yeah, I mean, in transit is the term, um, <laughs> because you have sent a large parcel. parcel away. I'd prefer parcel. parcel. <laughs> package. Um, we know where you're going with that link, Alf. Um, but yeah, large parcel. Heading my way, full of balls. Yeah, medium size. Apparently, large size. I've heard um, <laughs> large size with extra ball deodorant. And uh, <laughs> do I get? Um, is there like a? I don't know what you call them in America, but in the UK, when you like clean your car, they're called chamois leathers, which you know when you wash your car and then you like buff it up. Yes, unusual. use those here too. Do you get okay? Do you get one of those? Does that come with the? You know, do I get to buff up? You get some shaving mats. You do get that mats. Nice. What are the? You get a travel bag. You get a travel bag. Do I what? Of course, you get a lawnmower travel bag for your travel. Wait, 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 wait. I was, I was gonna say, how does that work? Do I put my nuts in the travel bag and take them to the airport? Is that how it works? (laughs) Supposedly, is it see through? You would get the lawnmower three point (laughs) oh, and you would get your ball toner and your ball deodorant and put it in the travel bag. And And also, ball ball toner intimates that they're going to be like doing yoga and stuff. Is that is that? Where the mats come in? Do they have I don't to do know, some I've used, downward I've used dogging? I've once, or? and it was delightful. Very fresh. Nice. You feel very fresh. Nice. Yes. I mean, Manscaped products, it, mate. I, I'm, I am... Does it, it smooth was, out the wrinkles? <laughs> Speak for yourself, buddy. <laughs> Mine are perfectly toned. Like eggs. Um, like, <laughs> like eggs. They are like eggs. They're like Brian Flores' forehead. They can just feel that <laughs> slap. Um... Oh, Christ, where have we gone? Apologies, Mr. Flores, if you're listening. You'll probably get yeah. kicked out of camp. Uh, yeah. I think we're getting in trouble for this one. But yeah, the manscapes, the, the manscape, the little. You described Flores's head uh, far too vividly, and, uh, and we're going to get dinged for too much detail. I described it in a testicular manner, I think mm. I'd say. Yeah. Um, but Brian has always struck me as a man who's on the ball. Ooh. Yeah. See what uh, you did. Yeah. So this time next week, I will not only be able to just you know talk shit about this uh, this magical sponsor of ours, Manscaped, but I'll actually be able to do it from a factual, actual basis uh, as somebody who's been able to actually use this bad boy, this lawnmower 3.0 with the ball juice and the toner and the mats and the buffer and all those sorts of the travel. This time next bag. week, you are a loyal customer. I'm guaranteeing. Yes. I mean, I'm already a loyal customer and I've not even, the package hasn't even arrived yet, yeah. frankly. So parcel. Um, parcel. <laughs> um, so yes, ultimately I will be able to fill you in. Not literally. Um, on exactly what the uh, lawnmower 3.0 is going to be like. Gotten and in the you, control. Can, you can go and buy one. Anyway, let's get back to the usual programming. Yes, of course. Use the promo code 5RSN. 5RSN. And you get 20% off. 20% Amazing. Off. Amazing. You don't get 100% off like Simon got. You know, and, and minus like 20% like I got because it costs like a, like, you know, a minor fortune to send things to, to England. But, you know, Sorry. blame the USPS. I'm going to write all this yes. down because I'm going to buy one using our code because uh, clearly nobody's going to send me one. <laughs> well, ask, ask one of the honchos at yeah. 5RSN. I think you have to I think you have to go to Home Depot, don't you, Chris, and buy a law, an actual lawnmower <laughs> for yours or a strimmer. Well, you know, I used to, I used to be a Home Depot man, but now I'm, now I'm low. Now I'm Lowe's. Don't You're Lowe's guy. Don't you have to oh get... Oh, Are you? Oh, don't yeah. you have to get like... Tampa's forest rangers to come around and do yours because there's so much uh, <laughs> so much forestry going on there. As long as it's like decent powered. Yeah, well it's gonna have to be. It's gonna <laughs> have to be. You have to you have to charge that thing up through a generator. Mm. Sounds like an aircraft taking off. <laughs> so if you live near Chris's house, be warned. It's not, it's just the ball shaver. All right, moving on to the defense. There's one guy that I can reveal. Yeah, he's going to be important. That's Raekwon Davis. Uh, Simon, he's unblockable. There's only one guy that actually can slow him down a bit, 
and their battles have actually been fun to watch, and that's Eric Flowers. But Raekwon Davis is showing some chops as a pass rusher, and he's a bear against the run. They run, they rush him, I guess. Well, I can't say in what formations, but we all know as a three tech, he's tough to block. He's been a he's been a problem, I, and I felt, and I've been telling you guys in in the WhatsApp chat, I I feel like all his second team and third team reps are completely wasted because all he does is it's a snuff film. All he does is just dominate everybody in front of him, and they just can't. They can't block him. Yeah, I don't think it's a shock. I mean, we talked about this guy since the moment he was drafted and in terms of the ceiling, the potential, and whether or not he was able to match uh, and certainly recreate his season of, of two years ago. Um, because I think entering 2019, you said, you know, he's a potential first rounder. And, you know, if he replicates what he did in 2018, he's a top 10 pick. And actually, he didn't do so. Um but there's so much talent. I think he's going to be. A, I think he's going to be a star. I think it's going to be a huge pick. And you, we know how much Flores loves him. We we saw the reaction when um, when the Dolphins drafted him. And um, yeah, it, it looks like he's been um, he's been pretty dominant rotating in. Yeah, can't keep him out of out of first team reps really, um, which is which is good to see. I think he's um, you know, but also it's good to see that you know a kid that is playing so well, but also to see that the one guy that you know. He's really well matched up with his Eric Flowers because that tells you a lot about the way Flowers is progressing because obviously that's mm-hmm. a, that's fairly critical. Um, one guy I'm keen to talk about defensively, uh, I don't know if we'll get there, but um, we've been talking about defensive backs and obviously we know that the that, that flow loves DBs and it looks like Noah's doing well and Nick Needham's doing well, but Earl Thomas just hit the market mm-hmm. 72 hours ago. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting to see the teams that are backing off. I saw Kaylin Kader's piece in the in Bleacher Report today talking about how a lot of teams were surprised that not only, you know, two of the most sort of liberal uh, coaches in, in, in uh, and most comfortable coaches in terms of taking risks, John Harbour and and obviously um, Pete Carroll had let him go. But, you know, he's a Hall of Fame, borderline Hall of Fame talent, probably a Hall of Fame talent who's just sat out there. It's a... um. You know, he'd be a hell of an acquisition if his head screwed on. Yeah, in my opinion, it's it's clear it's the coach's job to make a guy like that fit. And you know, I, I was I was getting all these all this feedback on Twitter. Everybody was saying, you know, you know, why would you mess with the chemistry? What chemistry? You know, what are we talking about here? We don't have that many you know veterans on this team. Maybe we could use one, especially one as heady as as Earl Thomas. Uh, the only drawback is, yeah, he did get cut from a Super Bowl contender in Baltimore. Mm. You know, and like, the fact that and the fact that the players apparently just didn't like him. Uh, quite apart from clocking Chris Chris Clark, the, yeah. the senior leadership didn't want him on the team. And I think and that's the Dallas why he Cowboys have spent the better part of two years creaming themselves over Errol Thomas, mm. and now they don't want him either. Like it's an interesting dynamic. I don't know what you think. But... Yeah. I mean, the issue as well with his wife. Um, coming home, catching him and his brother in bed with another woman and um, the, the the issues that subsequently followed that. Um, you know, I, I read a, there was an interesting line in Caden's piece and, you know, I think the Seattle uh, Legion of Boom guys were very close to him, but, you know, he is cut from a different cloth, essentially was the, you know, he sings from his own hymn sheet and, you know, maybe that's not something that Brian Flores is particularly interested in, but, it, you know, I mean, imagine the secondary that's got Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, Byron Jones, Noah Igbenogane, Earl Thomas, you know, that's, uh, that. you know, Brandon Jones. Uh, look, Brandon Jones is the interesting one as well because maybe they just think that they don't want to be blocking. You know, they're doing a lot to promote these rookies, a lot to get them, you know, in the action as much as possible. So maybe they just don't want to be seen to be blocking the path of somebody they, they clearly like. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't think I don't I just don't think it's going to happen. But um, yeah. you know, I, I I know we all have always have the feeling now it's not not ultimately going to happen. And even though we let, we would like it to, and I get it, but um, it's just for all the reasons you mentioned. I mean, if we're talking about a guy that's been problematic on um, for some people on on several teams, uh, we're talking about a guy who is older than what we have um then this is a team that's just i mean they're just youth crazy i in that in that mic'd up video it was funny that jerome baker was making fun of kyle van noy 
calling him a teasing Kyle and calling him a, a 30 year old. And Kyle was like, you know, you need to stop with that. I'm not 30 yet. And he's like, I'm 29. And Jerome is like, but aren't you the second oldest man on the team? <laughs> and, and he is. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's how youth crazy they are. Um, and so I think, um, I think it just doesn't fit that way, but um, so it's probably not going to happen. I think what we need to be talking about probably is not so much Earl Thomas is pro- probably going back to Noah Igbenogany because mm-hmm. He's having a hell of a, you know, mm. he's having a hell of a camp and he's, he is a hell of a player, I think. And, and we've, we've talked about him before, you know, Simon, I know you love him too. And, um, he's, a, he's just a really good player. I mean, he's, he's got world-class speed. And so he's always going to be confident and confident in his speed. Um, the confidence is, is the thing that I felt like always dripped off him is, is, um, is he's able to, you know, kind of striking that balance between patience and patience and because con- confidence means you can be aggressive, right? Because you can you can make moves after the after the ball and after the um, the receiver and and be confident that you can recover that your recovery speed is there. Um, but also, you know, patience, patience, uh, and trusting in your in your technique and stuff like that can be the other way around. You can make mistakes by being too patient, just giving up too much room and. Um, I always thought that he struck the middle there um, on that and that he's just a really, really damn good player, feisty, um, totally, you know, totally locked in with no matter who he's facing. Yes. Um, and we <laughs> we joked around. I mean, it's like, hey, I've, I faced the LSU, the LSU and the mm-hmm. Alabama wide receivers. I'm, you know, I can face these guys in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I think – and maybe even there's – Maybe there's some truth to that too. I mean, yeah. But um, I love his disposition. Yeah, he's, like he's a good you know, player. Mm. Devontae Parker Inter- and Preston Williams are true alphas. Like they're out there. Make no mistake, both of them are out there to embarrass people if they can. And uh, you've seen some of the video. Uh, Devontae Parker had a, a mossing moment over Byron Jones. Their battles have been epic all throughout camp. And Noah Benagane has not backed down. Not not an inch to either of those guys and he's fought them the whole way and you can tell that there's like some mutual respect like okay this guy's for real like this guy's gonna fight me he's not he's not gonna let me punk him in practice like maybe you normally could to another rookie cornerback you know what i mean so Mm. i think um, i think it was interesting what nick needham said today or yesterday in in his media availability in that you know he was staggered that the kid is only 20 years old given how good he is uh, and you can tell, you know, veterans, you know, I know Needham's only, you know, in his second year, but generally you can tell veterans are impressed with this kid, you know, and he was named a starter, you know, well, he wasn't named a starter, but, you know, he is out there playing high up the depth chart, um, you know, um, for a reason. And the reason is that he might be the best defensive player the Dolphins have had during in, in training camp. And if he's not the best, he's certainly in the conversation for the best. Um, I think that tells you an awful lot about just why the Dolphins took him because um, he's a really talented player. And I think he's going to be one of the best corners in the NFL. I, I, I agree with you. I remember we did an episode, uh, Simon, you were, you were gone for this one. We did it with Ethan. And um, when we weren't just talking about basketball, which I think some of our listeners got pissed off at, um, <laughs> you know, the I, the question came up, you know, who's aside? Take aside Tua, you know, who's who's going to be that Pro Bowler, all, maybe even All Pro kind of player? And yeah, I remember, I remember, like, you know, kind of Ethan and and Alfie going through, eh, you know, maybe Robert Hunt. I don't know, you know, this guy, that guy. And I was like, man, you get that's my pick, <laughs> Noah Igbenogany. You know, that's yeah. that's my guy. I mean, he is. He is really good, and I know that. I mean, I know that Brian Flores adores him, and so I'm not surprised that he's getting "quote unquote" every opportunity, which I think is like you know, touch the nose code that we're seeing in um, in the papers nowadays. Nowadays, um, because you're not allowed to describe certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with Xavier Howard, the time that he's missed, Noah Igmanagane is getting every opportunity. Yes. to um to play out there and uh there's he's going to be the youngest player in the league you know that 
Um, I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Week one. Week one. When week one starts, he's going to be the youngest player in the league. Hmm. Um, wow. And I think that's. I think that says something. You know. All right. So. Now uh, I got two more things to finish up here, but one more with the defensive backs. Uh, a guy who's made some noise in this camp, and I wonder how he will fit. I have some ideas, but maybe you guys can can help me find some comparisons elsewhere, namely the New England Patriots. Kevon Frazier, guy that came from Dallas, big hitter. He's a thumper. He's big, six feet, 225 pounds. How does he fit on this defense? Because he's sure getting the reps so far. Simon? Um, to be honest, I'd, I'm not sure, but they clearly like him. Yeah. Um, and you clearly like him as well because you keep banging on about him every day. I think he's become your new sort of uh, Kalen Balage. Well, he's exciting. Maybe, he's exciting. For, maybe, as far as a practice player, from, he's exciting. You've gone from Kalen to, to Kayvon. Um, <laughs> maybe he has to do with those is, names. Um, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't see a great deal of him um, in Dallas and, uh, you know, um, but I think he's a, I think he's an interesting player who I think is going to make the team. I don't know how good his special teams um, ability is, um, but he's been, um, you know, I, I like him in his ability to, you know, what I've seen in his ability to step up in, in, into run lanes and, uh, and make tackles. And, you know, when I did see him in Dallas, he was a box safety a lot, you know, stepping up into that. Uh, it's his reputation. Yeah, filling holes, filling the gaps. So and I to suppose be fair, way, that's, that's his entire reputation is a good tackler and not much else. Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, I, I think the Miami's defense, therefore, is going to come naturally to him because of the ability to play in the uh, in the box and do those sorts of things, you know, because that's something clearly that, you know, you go back to Minka Fitzpatrick and what they tried to get him to do, you know, stepping in and playing almost as a, you know, a big nickel linebacker. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I, I, I suspect he'll probably make the team because there seems to be quite a lot of buzz about him. And I know how much you like him as well, but beyond that, I, I would be um, doing a disservice. I think if I, if I was able to say a great deal more, because I just don't know. All right. Chris. Well, I, I, I don't really have much of an opinion. I, I haven't seen him in camp at all. You you've been in camp. Um, and I didn't really watch him much in Dallas. Um, but I wanted to, I mean, they did sign another guy. They signed the CFL rookie of the year to -hmm. play essentially the big, the big safety position as well. And, uh, Nate Holly. And I kind of wondered, you know, what anybody, what anybody thinks of him, uh, you know, sorted past and all. Yeah, I didn't see him get any reps in the practices that I was out there. So Okay. So it, it's hard to say, you know. Now, intrigue in this camp, it hasn't been much. You know, if, you know, fans, if you think about who the starters are in, let's say, two months ago, and you guessed, you would probably guess correctly, okay? It's the guys that they, they, they acquired, you know, just, you know guess here or there you're probably you're probably going to be correct it's the same people okay sprinkle in high draft picks but there's one battle that's kind of interesting to me and that's Raquan McMillan has found his way to not starting Armando Salguero reported on the Miami Herald that he was not a starter so I guess I could say he's not a starter Alana Roberts is playing a lot Raquan McMillan started getting some reps on Tuesday is this something or nothing Simon Sorry, I wasn't. I didn't hear the question. I was busy watching. Um, the, it seems like the NBA is going wild right now in terms of what's happening. The Lakers and Clippers have just voted to boycott the season. Yeah, um, we're following it too. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. Um, yeah, what was the question about Raekwon? I mean, yeah, a good player. Ra- yeah, Raekwon McMillan. Raekwon McMillan. Uh, Armando Salguero reported, so I can too. He's not a starter. At least he hasn't been so far in camp. And he's gotten reps as of late as a starter, but Alan Roberts is in his spot. Is that something or nothing? I think it's nothing, actually. Um, I think there's a familiarity with Roberts um, that there might not be there with um, with Raekwon just from the New England time. But also, look, I, I suspect they're going to play an awful lot. You know, you go back to early Bill Belichick, you go out to 1990s and that, that famous 
Buffalo Bills victory in the playoffs where he just attacked the Bills with seven defensive backs, which has then just became a staple for the um for the Patriots throughout the, the Belichick tenure. Um I think um I think you're gonna see a lot more, you know, Dolphins played a lot of six DBs last year. I think you'll see a lot of seven DBs this year. Wouldn't surprise me now that they've got the horses on the back end. So ultimately that'll be two linebackers and I suspect that'll be Van Noy and Baker. You know, so so opportunities for Raycorn will be, I suppose, less than slightly. But for me, I thought he played really well, certainly second half of last season. Sure tackler, game slowed down for him. We talk about that with, with other players. Um, and his ability to attack the line of scrimmage with run fits and those sorts of things. So, you know, I, I look, I think um I think who starts where is really immaterial. I think ultimately it's you know, best players are gonna play. And I think Raycon is one of the better players on defense. I'd say that um, it's you know he the battle between he and the land and Roberts is uh, not over and it continues and I think that that's it, you would have figured that before the start of everything that um, between Kyle Van Noy and and then other guys on the outside like you know Vince Beagle before he got hurt Andrew Van Ginkle Curtis Waver before he got canned um, you know the there's a, there's sort of a, the roles are there. Jerome Baker's got a certain role. He's going to be there even when they go, you know, seven defensive backs, quarter defense and um, dime defense, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Van Noy and Baker are going to be out there. Um, and then when they have more linebackers, then that's where Raekwon could come in. And I, I actually kind of thought that he could play a role there because he is, he is strong. Um, and he's, uh, he's a good, he's a good run defender, um, that way. And he finished, he had a pretty good season. If you look at what he did last year, hmm. um, all the, albeit in a limited role and it's, and it's a role where, and, and people have to understand he looked good in that role, but it's not, it's not a rare skill set, uh, to find a guy that can play that role in this defense. I don't think, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, the competition, he can look pretty good out there, and yet the competition can be pretty fierce when you bring a guy like Landon Roberts in there who's also, you know, a heavy hitter. And, um, and so, you know, that competition, it's going to keep going on, and we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Landon Roberts is here for a reason. Flores has experience with him, so maybe, maybe there's something happening there. Mm. Um, but we'll see. I, I, it was only going to be a limited role to begin with. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it's one of those kind of disappointing things, I guess. Uh, I was, I was never a huge fan of Raekwon coming out of the draft. Um, but you know, the idea of he and Baker being reunited and playing with one another again, making a pretty good tandem back in Ohio state. Um, I don't know that it's really turned out that way. I think Baker's turned out definitely to be the better player, although I'm still not sure that he makes the most sense in this de- in defense either. Mm. Um, so, but he does make enough sense that he's going to be full-time and Raekwon's not. So, well, who, who knows? All right. And very briefly on the way out, Kristen Wilkins is a different person. I don't know if you've seen the video of him pass rushing against, oh, yeah. against Solomon Kinley who is a starter. We, we can I'm the one that. that passed that video along. I'm, yes. Where do you think oh, yeah, I came you did. from? <laughs> it was you that passed the video along. Uh, like, Simon, I, I don't know it? if you've seen it, but Kristen Wilkins, that's a different person. That's not the same Kristen Wilkins. Like, what yeah. happened to him? Like, that guy took care of his body this offseason. Yeah. Expectations. Yeah. Very quickly on the way out here. Yeah, but look, I absolutely love the kid at Clemson. And you and I talked about him either last week or two weeks ago when Chris wasn't here. And, you know, there's the, there's a big expectation on his shoulder. You know, he was a high draft pick, uh, a really good player. Um, and it's disappointing in a way that he was sort of out of shape, as it were. Not out of shape, but, you know. Um, he was puffy, I guess. Yeah. You could call him puffy. Yeah. Last but year. kudos to him, you know, because uh, that's what we need. We need... We need Christian Wilkins. We need Raquan McMillan. We need Raquan Davis. We need these players to begin to step up. He's, you know, if the Dolphins, everybody talks about a rebuild. The rebuild is only going to work if these players can actually deliver. And Christian Wilkins is one of those guys that's going to have to deliver because he's going to be at the forefront of uh, of the rebuild. Otherwise, it just becomes another rebuild and another rebuild and another rebuild. Some mm. one of these days, these guys have got to step up and play. Whether it's Noah, whether it's Davis, 
whether it's Christian, you know, they've got to do it. And if he can start doing it, leading by example, then this is going to be a better team ultimately. And that's what we're all here for. Absolutely. Well, all right. You got a meaty episode. This was your second camp report of the off season. Next week, you'll get another one. And then, and next week's might be maybe a scrimmage. Maybe you get an early one in the week where I'll, we'll talk about the scrimmage on Saturday. If there is one, allegedly, if they allow the media, if they let us say anything about it. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.